Welcome to the Plant Cunning Podcast, where we explore a relationship to plants, other people, and the mysteries of nature. Coming to you from the High Allegheny Plateau in central New York, we are your hosts, A.C. Staubel and Isaac Hill. Episode 14, Experiences in Herbal Alchemy, with Shannon Garrity. Shannon is an herbalist and herbal alchemist, and in this episode we speak with her about what spagyrics are, how to make them, and some of her experiences with them. This is an intro to spagyrics episode. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much for being on the Plant Cunning Podcast. Hi, yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so, so stoked and honored to be a part of this. Awesome. So I met you during our herb school program at the Ithaca, or not the Ithaca, the Northeast School of Botanical Medicine in Ithaca with Seven Song a couple years ago. And now we're friends for life. Um, so you're calling in from Hawaii now, which is a long way from us here in New York. What's it like down there today? Is the weather gorgeous? It's actually raining. It usually rains pretty hard every morning here. There's actually 14 different microclimates on this island. I'm on the big island. So where I'm staying right now is pretty deep in the jungle. So yeah, almost every morning it's raining, usually pouring. Wow. And then it usually clears up. And we're also in the rainy season right now, so everything's a little extra wet. It's like, like even my clothes I have to keep in like a sealed container because even in a few days, just like, like we can't use closets around here. Whoa. Funky. Like that wet. You could drive like even half an hour and be like in the desert. And then, you know, there's even like Arctic because there's a really tall mountain. It's actually, well, it's also an active volcano, but it's like the the tallest mountain on earth from sea level to to the sky, um, Mauna Kea. Wow, that's so cool. About this, they were protesting against the telescopes up there, but yeah, ah. so there's that's part of why we ha- can have like that's like, you know, the Arctic is up there, and then you can drive down the mountain and be in the desert. It's so wild. Yeah, that is amazing. I definitely hope to visit Hawaii someday. So, what brought you there? What are you doing there? So, I came here about four years ago for the first time, and I came here to farm. And I was on a farm on the other side of the island, and I was working pretty much just harvesting mac nuts and coffee beans. And it was a lot of work, and I felt like I was being, uh, I wasn't being valued enough. And so I brought it up to the farmer and got kicked off the farm and had nowhere to be and was like, you know, a roaming, like had to hitchhike for the first time and was by myself. Like my friend was on the farm that I moved to, but she had gotten sick. So by the time I got kicked off the farm, she was going home. So I was like on my own solo journey for three more months. And I ended up finding Puna, which is this wonderful little incredible space on the uh, the south. North. It's like the east, southeast side of the big island. And um, yeah, there's just a lot of people doing a lot of what I want to be doing here, like consciously creating homes and living in a way that's taking care of the earth and because of the the climate here we're able to grow all year round and um yeah catch water really easily and so it's really easy to live off the grid in a lot of ways besides that like there's lots of wild pigs and rats but 
besides that, it's really easy to like live minimally. So a lot of people came here to do that. And mm. yeah, ultimately I left and then came back again the next winter and fell more in love with it. And then I came mm. here in January of last year, planning on being here for two or three months again, and then going back to Ithaca to keep farming. And, and then COVID hit and all these things. And it was just all at once. It made me realize that this is actually where I want to be. Mm. like longer term cool so that was a big yeah that was a big jump to move from new york to hawaii (laughs) for sure but i'm just starting to feel like more grounded and actually coming into yeah contentment like full contentment being here and no longer questioning about going back to new york it's just hard with all my friends being there but but yeah the growing food all year round thing here is probably the main the main pull mm-hmm. but I also just tend to feel really connected to spirit here and I feel I tend to have more synchronicities and I feel really clear mm. and there's a lot of really conscious human beings here who are really activated and like trying to do the work and or they are doing the work and mm. really inspiring and super uplifting lots of really powerful ceremonies and um, I'm a I'm working with the Native American church pretty regularly like doing peyote sweats and that's something I wasn't able to find in New York and I tend to use it for like my mental health and (laughs) to keep myself sane I really like tend to get drawn to ceremonies of sorts and I was like helping create some in New York but it wasn't quite exactly like I'd rather be participating than creating I'm not yeah looking to hold space so much but just to be around so many people who love to pray is so inspiring and yeah, just pretty much the the main things here that my friends and I have been doing is hiking, swimming, farming, and praying. And it's really ideal for my kind of life. It's really the lifestyle that I've wanted to live for a while, but didn't think I could. That's really cool. So, Shannon, what originally got you on to the plant path? So, about six years ago... I made some tea blends for all of my friends for Christmas and I based it on like I just thought about like some friends you know would talk about having anxiety or some friends would explain to me how they're grieving or just like different one friend had a heart had a heart problem and I just did a very basic google google search on like okay plants for anxiety or plants for the heart just very like basic and found some yeah very like surface level information but I just kind of blended intuitively and yeah picked up herbs from Bramble in town and just kind of mixed some stuff together and then my friends ended up really loving it and it was just this really potent feeling in my heart like the feedback I got from them that they like went and like sat down and they were able to enjoy a cup of tea that like actually felt like it was healing them on a deeper level than just having that comfort of you know a cup of tea Hmm. and so that was really inspiring that was pretty much I mean of course I was connecting with plants a bit and my dad you know I grew up gardening with my dad a lot and I always like rolled around in the dirt and like would purposely put dirt on my skin before I went to school like when I was in (laughs) elementary school like I just remember like wanting to be a plant a little bit yeah I can see you totally can see you doing that (laughs) for sure (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I was like, I tried to like show off that I was like in the woods a lot. Like I'd like purposely, yeah, get some cuts <laughs> and bruises and rub some dirt on myself. Got to bring the, a little bit of the wild into the into the school. Yeah, it's, it's, exactly. It's such a uh, oppressive like feeling being in in like a school. So mm-hmm. I can see why you'd want to do that. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, I was just trying to like wild out. At yeah. Age 12. Mm-hmm. A little rebellious, mm-hmm. dirty, dirty girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So, um, the reason that I was really excited to have you on the show was mostly to talk to you about spagyrics, something that you introduced me to, and I was wondering if you could tell our audience first what is a spagyric, and then maybe how you first came to find them. Yeah. So the word spagyric was coined by this person, Paracelsus. And to break it down, so spaz kind of means to separate, can be translated to separating, and then spagyric is to recombine, or in Greek it's actually to reawaken, which I think is more accurate. And so ultimately the idea is that you're extracting the best parts of the plant and then you're mixing those best parts together. So for example, like you're, it's not necessarily like, I don't like to use the word isolating because I feel like that's like more of like a Western way of viewing it. But in alchemy, it's like you're pulling out the soul, the sulfur and the salt. So it's like, so the soul is the essential oil of the plant. And so the essential oil comes out even from tincturing your tea. It's just when you smell, you can smell what a plant smells like. That's it's essential oil. And it's mm-hmm. ultimately having, you know, an out-of-body experience. You're, like, able to experience the soul in your own body when you are inhaling it. And so when you tincture something, you're getting the essential oil. Um, and then the mercury is the alcohol. So it's not like, you know, it's, it's like mercury, not the planet or the element, but it's like the, like, it's like more of like a philosophy. Okay. They connect it to the, so what I practice also is spagyric tinctures. I don't make spagyric essences, um, but every plant produces its own ethyl alcohol. If you ferment it in a bucket, which is pretty much just if you cover it with water and let it sit, it'll start producing its own ethyl alcohol. And so spagyric essence is taking that ethyl alcohol and distilling it and then actually tincturing the plant in alcohol that's made of its own kind. Cool. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we use corn or grain, you know, it's usually what I use technically is organic corn alcohol. So the idea then, let's say it would be mugwort, it would be mugwort alcohol. Mm. That I would then tincture the mugwort in. <laughs> Cool. Because so I'm also bringing in the spirit of corn whenever I'm tincturing anything now. Because that's mm-hmm. a successful and, you know, to have to produce my own ethyl alcohol would be, I would need a lot of resources and time. And I do plan on stepping up to making spagyric essences at some point. But right now I'm just doing the basic, what is pretty much is burning down the plant to get the salt minerals. Because... So with the alcohol, you're getting the the soul, which is the essential oils, and the mercury, um, the alcohol or the spirit of the plant. 
And then the salt minerals are what we all usually miss when we're taking a regular tincture because we just compost that leftover plant material. But there's still lots of salt. There's still lots of just minerals in general in that plant. And so what I do is I, I burn it down in a fire and I put it in a crucible, which I just got online. But ideally, I'd like to, you know, some people make their own crucible with clay and they make it a very intentional piece because it does, you know, it's holding the spirit of that plant. And it's for me a ceremony every time I burn a plant down and I make the fire just for that plant. And some of them, depending on, you know, the quantity and what kind of plant it is, if it's a root or a leaf or flower, it can be anywhere from like five to 15 hours is the most I've spent around a fire. I've also used a wood stove, which is a little bit quicker. And so it's kind of, it's always funny to talk about like with just audio because it's such a process. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid yeah. I'm like already, you know, like going to lose people. Well, let's, we I could go over it a little better. bit. So, so the way I see yeah. like spagyric means, uh, you know, you separate and recombine is another way of looking at it. So you separate to make like a, 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 a spagyric essence, you would separate the essential oil first and then uh, you would make the alcohol and then uh, whatever, whatever is, uh, whatever comes out in alcohol and, or like is, is, uh, extracted. Yeah. Solvent, you know, yeah. Extracted in, in, in the, in the liquid. And then, then you, you calcify the, the mark or the, the salt and you make the salt and then you recombine them. Um, and one thing that I, I, I noticed or read, um, it makes a lot of sense to me too, is that like the mercury is kind of the same with every plant in a way, even if it's made from corn or, uh, sugar. Um, when you, when you, when you distill it so much, there's, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't have as much of its individuality. Like the, the actual individuality is more in the soul, like the essential oil and in the salt. So that's maybe why it's, uh, easier to, to use, um, you know, grain alcohol or something. Cause I mean, alcohol comes from the sugar. So if you have a plant that doesn't have a lot of sugar, you'd have to have uh, gallons of it <laughs> to make enough to, to make a, a, a true essence. But so, so when, what you're doing is you're making a, a spagyric tincture where you basically make a regular tincture um, of the plant in alcohol, and then you calcify, you burn the, the mark. The leftover herb is called the mark. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so when you do this, do you yeah. do it on the, uh, the, the planetary day and hour of the, uh, the plant? I do. So I ideally also harvest on the planetary day. So for example, like milky oats, um, is ruled by the moon. So I would harvest that one can be a trickier harvest because, you know, it's gotta be in that window for the seed pods to be latexy, but it's always ended up working out. <laughs> that a Monday is when I'm able to harvest. Um, cool. And I usually let my tincture sit for 40 days at least. And so it's pretty much then when I ultimately like get around to it or feel called to burn it. But I always make sure it's on, yeah, the day of the week would be. So I would burn it on a Monday night. And the idea with that is that those planets have a stronger energy on the day of the week that they're ruled by. So if you want, I could break down the days of the week and what planets. Yeah, I think that'd be helpful. 
That's helpful. Yeah, so Monday is Moon Day, and Tuesday is Mars Day. Wednesday is Mercury. Thursday is Jupiter. Friday is Venus. Saturday is Saturn. And Sunday is Sun. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's funny because those are like the the old English uh, Germanic gods that correspond to the Roman uh, uh, planetary deities, right? So like Jupiter is they relate to Thor, and so that's why it's Thursday, Thor's day, and then Woden or Odin is is they they say is like Mercury, so and so on. So that's it's just a tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> Friday is Freya. Yeah, it's yeah. just so funny how disconnect, you know, like, at first so many people were like, what? Like, there's days of the week, like, even people who were, like, interested in astrology and, you know, into yeah. plant, plants and planets and that connection were, like, we're so surprised. And even, like, in Spanish, some of it can translate, you know, like, miércoles is Mercury. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a Latin language, yeah. It's really interesting, yeah. too, how deeply embedded the planetary system is in our culture and language. I mean, like, the seven-day week is from the planets the seven visible planets yeah, the seven planet. yeah yeah and so the idea is that so they say that when a plant is ruled by a planet it's like as if a chunk of that planet fell off and landed on the earth <laughs> and was a seed and it's it's mm. carrying that much of that energy is, is what is believed you know in, in ancient egyptian alchemy and so then the planet so, for example, if I'm working with Milky Oats on a Monday, it's because the moon energy is stronger that day. And then there's also even planetary hours, which I just started tapping into lately, which has been a whole nother level. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Potency, but also just like anchoring in my, my routine because it's, it can be hard to try and line up, you know, schedule my life around these planetary <laughs> days and hours. And I thought it would be so much harder, but... It's kind of like the more I, the more I do it, the easier it gets, kind of thing. And I realize it's actually like helping me form a routine. Yeah, nice. cool. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, it's, it's really it's really I think it's really powerful to work with the planetary hours too. And I do it in different ways. I haven't done it with spagyrics yet, but for instance, just so people know, every hour at dawn, the first hour uh, at dawn is always the planetary hour of the of the day and then every seven hours but they do this weird thing where like they like in the summer the the days are long the hours are longer and the and the nights are shorter and then the winter the you know vice versa but but you can just look it up online too yeah. if you're there's like calculators or planetary hour um calendars online if it's confusing at first you know if you don't want to calculate it yourself well it's, all, it's also a good way of yeah. getting in touch with the planetary uh energy you know whether or not you're working with the you know, the plants or with you know other like other rituals, um, you know. So, I yeah I found it very useful. Yeah. There's been so many times when I wasn't really looking into the hours until after. Like I realized because I write on my tinctures what time I harvested even before I got into the uh, the planetary hours. And there's been so many times where it ended up lining up with the beginning of that planetary hour. Wow. wow, that's some good intuition you yeah, got. Yeah, you you are a good intuitive person. <laughs> Part plant, 
You're like, <laughs> yeah. I think it's from all that dirt you rubbed on yourself when you were a kid. <laughs> I started started young. Yeah, totally. That's really cool, though. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, that's been like that has been blowing my mind. So like I like looking back and I'm like. You know, I'm trying to do, like, my inventory of my tinctures, and I'm getting distracted by, like, oh, wait, let me see if that was, like, the right hour. Like, and even <laughs> if it's, you know, the wrong, it's never the wrong hour, because it's, like, I'm just bringing in another planetary energy. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. The main features. I don't know if y'all, y'all know, I know AC knows about Sage Apopham, but. Yeah. I love him. So is that where you learned about spagyrics? Yeah, mostly that's where I started learning with through him through his online course and then other books that he recommended. So mostly him and Robert Bartlett were the main people I've I've listened to. Mostly lots of yeah, video and audio, lots of like gardening while I'm listening and learning. Yeah. I like to do that too. <laughs> and yeah, it's the best. It's like so grounding. It's like helps you integrate the information when you're like yeah, moving. Like, I actually think I learn better when I'm doing some kind of, like, meditative task of planting or seeding. Mm-hmm. Like, my brain's more activated than sitting. Yeah. So, so that that, natu- <laughs> that natural intuitive in- intuition that you have um, makes me think of this, this other train of thought where, like, I see you as a very sensitive person. Like, you're very vata. Like, you, you get affected by um, plants, like the the compounds in plants a lot more than like I do, for instance. I'm very kapha, and like it's like it takes a lot to like for me to notice something. But so have you? Have you, you noticed the difference between a spagyric tincture and a regular tincture? And like, what was that like for you? Yeah. So <laughs> for me, it's it feels like the plant is rejoicing that you took the time to get the salt minerals back into it. It's like oh. a way I've described it before. Like it's just so stoked that you did that. Like I almost feel like it's it's tricky to try and like put it into words, but it's like it's like the plant is like you're in to me sorry. <laughs> I get really excited when I like to answer this kind of question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um um it's like we all you know know the importance of honoring plants and like we're all you know maybe not all but the three of us know the importance of honoring plants and you know we know that it's important to be grateful and you know we feel the gratitude both ways because you know the medicine wants to be used too but I feel like when I started making spagyrics, I realized it was a way to like more deeply honor the plant mm-hmm. because I was taking the extra time out to go to first of all, do it harvest on the day of the week, even if it wasn't convenient for me. <laughs> and then, yeah, the burning down, you know, sitting ideally also while the plant is burning, I'm really sitting with it. Mm-hmm. And um, I do believe the plant like talks during that time too. Mm-hmm. And so just the fact that I, you know, one thing is just the amount of energy I'm putting into it and time alone is going to make me so much more excited when I take that dropper full. It's like, I just worked so hard on this. So I feel like I'm super biased, you know. <laughs> it's like I just saw it through its whole process and it took a long time and I had to anchor down and like change my schedule. 
And mm-hmm. so now that it's in front of me, I'm like so excited. And so there's that, you know, beautiful placebo of like, this is really amazing. And it's in front of me and I'm really proud of myself and proud of, yeah, it, it working out and just like all these exciting feelings. So it's been, yeah, it's been interesting for me because I'm trying to like actually give them out more and do more like sits where we all feel it and can try and feel the difference because I feel so biased because I'm just so excited um, <laughs> when I'm taking it. But so to me, it's just like, it's, it's like the missing, the salt is the missing link. So it's like the plant, the idea that the plant can actually go right into the digestive system, or sorry, right into the, um, right into the bloodstream as opposed to the digestive tract where your body's like your vital energy is kind of figuring out what to do with it and where it's going to go. But the salt works as in alchemy, the idea is that it's like a vessel like now the medicine has a body to it and so it's ah, yeah. travel through in your body. Right. And so it's just less yeah, it's really like not that taking a tincture is like that much not like gonna drain you, but it's like if someone is sick or depleted already and their vital force is low, then a sajira could be really helpful because it's gonna go where it needs to go and you don't need as much of it either. It's more easily assimil- assimilatable. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's it's thought to work on the ethereal body, the astral body, just to go much deeper. Like it's not like you could just take a bunch of a tincture and it would eventually do what a specific does. Right. Kind of like it's a missing piece. And I just want to clarify, like I still think that tinctures are incredible, and I'm like I know that they're always going to work. They're just right, you know, tinctures without the body or the salt are still very powerful and still healing millions of people every day. Um, and that's what is so exciting. It's like if they're already this potent as regular tinctures, and then we can have this little extra step to make it even more potent. It's like the potential of like healing that can happen on this earth with sajirics is, yeah, it's really exciting for me. And that's why I really like talking about it and teaching it because it really is pretty simple. Like I did practice, you know, I, or I guess I learned the theory for like three years before I ever practiced. Hmm. Um, because I was really intimidated, but now I see that I think, I think a lot of that was like this, like, you know, like I can't be an alchemist yet. I need to like do this many years or to read this many books. And then it was like, I'm too excited to hold back. I'm just going to get a crucible, like all the reading I'm doing, like, I can't just like wait, like I'm just going to go for it. And yeah, yeah, it ended up being a lot less intimidating than I thought. <laughs> well, it seems to me like, Making spagyrics, it's really important to do the practice. It's like the the theory is is good in itself, but you don't really understand it until you make the spagyrics and take them. Yes, exactly. That's such a good way of explaining it, actually, because it's almost like it's almost like the medicine is like healing. It's like the whole process is healing you because you're tapping into the planet more and you know, that, that archetype of the planet has a lot to teach you through that plant. But it's like, it's not actually, the medicine actually isn't done until it's in your body. Like, I feel like, it's like, you know, it's like spagyric tincture in front of me, but it's like the medicine isn't complete until it's starting to assimilate in your body because that's uh-huh. the whole circle. Um, yeah. I also wanted to comment on what I think Isaac said earlier about how the spirit um, can be generally pretty the same. The alcohol, or pretty similar. Yeah, that's so. 
beautiful because I think about like how like I think about soul to spirit. So soul is the essential oil, and spirit is the alcohol. And like soul, in my opinion, I see as like an individual essence, where spirit is more of like you know what we can all drop into. It's more of a general term. Yeah, yeah. Right. I feel like there's that, that I just wanted to make that quick connection. That's really cool. That like I never never really thought about that, and that's, it's so beautiful the layers of like the metaphysical parts of alchemy and yeah yeah <laughs> like the practice is 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 where the the pedal meets the road or the road <laughs> but the theory is really interesting too just by itself yeah it's yeah it's, it's beautiful because a lot of the information is actually lost like as far as like you know it came out of egypt and there's a whole history behind it but you know, it was known as like the black magic at first and, you know, alchemy is part of where chemistry comes from. And it's just all these, like, I feel like, you know, we kind of chose chemistry instead of alchemy in a lot of ways as a society. And so a lot of like the real theory, like there's definitely lots of solid theories, but it's like a lot of it that we know was, we know that a lot of it was lost. Um, and yeah. actually burned. Um, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of the theory is hidden behind uh, obscure metaphors that you have to medi meditate on for weeks before you understand them, too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like those old yes. Renaissance books are just like crazy. Yeah, and that's why I'm so grateful for Robert Bartlett and and Sage of Popham because they're really making it easy to understand and accessible. With especially Sage of like having. You know, he has really good, in my opinion, like fair prices on his classes and has lots of free information. Um, of course, I'd love to learn from like the oldest books ever. That would be the best way. <laughs> but um, one thing Seja also talks about is, let's say like someone has a specific ailment, like he works with um, medical astrology, which is a whole nother, whole nother world that mm -hmm. I'd love yeah. to dive into deeper at some point. But same. So, for example, like, you know, we know, like, like Libra rules the kidneys. So he was saying, like, you can even, based on someone's chart, like, you don't always have to stick to the planetary ruler of that plant. You could actually harvest it on, you know, so let's say you're trying to work on someone's kidneys. Specifically, you would harvest it on a Friday because that's Venus Day and Venus. All right. Kidneys. Well, and that so, leads me. Yeah, so that gets really specific. So, ha have you noticed the planetary energy um, difference in in uh, in taking spagyrics? Like, have you have you been able yeah, to? Yeah. yeah. Or go ahead. What were you gonna say? Well, just I mean, ha have you been able to notice or connect with that planetary essence or energy? Yeah, so Venus was the first planet I ever felt connected to. And then uh, Blue Vervain was like the first plant spirit experience I ever had. And Blue Vervain is ruled by Venus. And hmm. so there's this tricky thing where I'm like trying to actually learn about, sometimes I do this with plants too, where I'm like trying to learn about them by sitting with them and like consuming them before I like dive any deeper into the book this like tricky balance of trying to like see what I can learn without any bias, you know, without like this like preconceived notion that Venus is about love. And like, of course we know these 
basic things, but what I do to try and really specifically work with the plant spirit is like sitting with a plant that's ruled by that planet on the corresponding day of the week. So, for example, Blue Vervain, I sat with on a Friday. I, at this point, I've sat with it a lot, but my first really deep experience is my really deep experience was that I was sitting with it on a Friday and it ended up being the Venusian hour as well. And mm-hmm. I always go to the tallest plant in a, if I'm harvesting from the wild, I go to like the grandmother plant and I speak to her first and well, maybe speak isn't the right. It's like heart talk. Like it's um something I learned through Steven Buhner, but of course it's been used mm-hmm. probably, it's probably the way we initially learned about plants as humans just to sit with the plant and like meditate on your heart space opening up and imagining like a a two-way channel between you and that plant Mm -hmm. and it it's taken me a lot of practice (laughs) and even being you know pretty intuitive and also dedicated it still took a lot of practice to really ever get some strong signals um but they really they communicate to me and to other people as well through through songs like songs will come into my head or memories or just feelings um I'll sometimes just be crying and not really understand why mm-hmm. and with the blue vein it was just this really like this really incredible feeling of just like loving myself like so deeply that it almost mm-hmm. felt like like I was questioning if it was like egotistical <laughs> and the blue vein was like reminding me it was like yeah, I've never gotten like specific words from uh, from one plant before, but it's like these like feelings or like a memory will like yeah flood back, and you're like I'll see myself in a different light, you know, and like see the way I've loved myself. And something that flooded back was me learning how to forgive myself in a in my first deep peyote ceremony about five years ago, mm-hmm. and it was like this like realization that I had forgotten about, and you know I integrated and talked about that ceremony so many times but there was like this one little part of that ceremony where I just like felt the deepest love for myself and it was like that little feeling came back when I was sitting with the blue vervain I'm getting goosebumps that's so beautiful <laughs> so beautiful and, yeah and then I started crying and then there's a horse this was in the meadow that I lived at two yeah two years ago and this horse came over like a horse the property that I felt like was yeah yeah a horse there's four four horses on the property so it wasn't oh. like, total miracle but still because <laughs> 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 they usually weren't that friendly and he came up and he just straight up licked the tear off my face like no came right up to me licked the tear <laughs> up and then like nuzzled me <gasps> stop it that is amazing <laughs> Like, what is this? I was like, what's going on? Probably. And Venus. Right. Freya. <laughs> Freya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, I, mean, I have a lot of stories like that. Like, Skullcap <laughs> taught me a lot about compromise. Like, it actually brought up, like, a Maroon 5 song about compromise and then made me realize, like, <laughs> it was deeper than that. I'm like, really? Like, Maroon 5 is how you're going to, like, <laughs> communicate? <laughs> that's where you're going here it's like hey that's what that's the song that i need to draw up right now you know it from the sixth grade like just go with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, yeah it's 
really silly. Like, I feel like the plants are purposely silly. I mean, in some planets, some plants are sillier than others, which helps me not take it too seriously because sometimes I'm like, okay, 4 o'clock, got to get in the garden, like, put my, like, my spirit suit on and, like, no talking, like, don't talk to me, this is my day. Like, I take it maybe sometimes too seriously and uh-huh. then it's like, okay, like, lighten up and, like, yeah, just, like, yeah. sometimes I just lay there instead of being super, like, stern and... Hmm. It's hard to not, like, usually the hardest thing is uh, trying to not weed. Like, I just, like, oh, there's a weed, and, like, <laughs> trying to garden while I'm sitting with the plant, but they don't really communicate when you do that. Ah. Hmm. Interesting. But they'll even be, like, people will walk by and have conversations when I'm sitting with plants, and it's every single time so relevant to that plant's medicine. It's, that's one of the craziest things to me. Oh, wow. Like, like, at a park or, like, even, yeah, like, at a friend's garden like it's usually like strangers that walk by but you know once in a while it'll be a friend or something or even just a few words like I hear in the distance and I'm just like how is that like so that was going to happen already I just like I don't still don't understand it like how it's so synchronistic and I am still questioning it all the time even though I'm witnessing it and like living in it mm. I just don't get how it works <laughs> yeah quite yet. yeah but I guess that's, the magic that's amazing too. It is yeah, magic, yeah. It's a mystery. That's so cool. Yeah, that's what this podcast is about, is trying to un- unveil more and more mysteries and understand how it works, because it is just, like, mind-blowing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I'm like, who can I actually tell this to? Because, like, most, or a good chunk of people are going to think I'm a little crazy. And <laughs> But now that I've been able to embrace it, like, this last year, it's actually, like, like, now that I let go of that in a big way, I'm actually, like, able to communicate a lot better with the plants and I'm just like going full full plant cool. mode <laughs> and just, so because yeah, like, i'll get some criticism sometimes if people are like you know there's not much science to back it up besides some like yeah information on sodium potassium pumps and you know cells open up more when you have salt which is part of mm-hmm. why we need salt in our diets but yeah just you know some people tend to not want to even look into something unless there's some science to back it up and I currently now feel really strong with, you know, knowing that this is a powerful tool, even if we can't back it up with science quite yet. And yeah, I hope to let other people know. Or maybe if we brought in our lens of what science is, like this is some old science, you know? Well, yeah, all the, all the major, like the Francis Bacon, Isaac Newton, uh, Galileo. I mean, a lot of these people were, uh, either into astrology or alchemy or magic in some way. And it wasn't until like the industrial revolution. Well, I mean, I guess a little bit before that, um, that the material reductionism became the dominant worldview, you know, mm-hmm. in the West. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think it's getting back to the roots. <laughs> yes, definitely. It's like back so, to the roots, back to the stars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it seems like the with with spagyrics, not only can you get more in touch with the essence of a plant, um, you can get in touch with the planetary energy that's working through the plant. And so I know a lot of people um, when they do like a a dedicated like spagyric uh, system, they'll do you know a, a plant a, a spagyric for each of the of the seven planet of the seven visible planets um, and then take them 
in order to like uh, balance out their their like the planetary energies in themselves. Have you done something like that, or are there uh, planets that you haven't worked with with spagyrics? So you mean like taking a different plant every day based on, and then just doing it based on the planetary ruler? Yeah, well, like the traditional way is to do lemon balm first. You do a lemon balm spagyric. So you start with Jupiter, and then you go down, um, down to to the moon, and then do Saturn last because Saturn is, you know, the the planet of like death and restrictions and old age and all that stuff. <laughs> Whoa, that's really cool. I haven't, I haven't heard about that. I have heard people recommend, yeah, doing the day, like, so Monday I would do Milky Oats, Tuesday I'd do Nettles, you know, something like that. But I actually, I actually haven't done that yet, mostly because I feel like it takes more than one day to feel something. Like, I like to do them, like, you know, cycle, like, a month-wise. Like, if I'm trying to learn about one plant or one planet. I'll yeah, that makes for sense. For example, right now I'm on Milky Oats. So I'm on like, you know, week one of, of Milky Oats and I'm trying to like call in more moon energy. And this is like a, a moon month for me. And I'm trying to not take as many other tinctures, which is one of the hardest parts. <laughs> as an herbalist, I just like have an yeah. abundance and, you know, have yummy things too. And it's like, and yeah. even, you know, our food is, that's, that, those all have spirit. Every vegetable has a spirit. Right. So it's really, it can be tricky to try and, like, I feel like one day isn't enough for me personally. It's like there's already yeah. enough information or there's too much information. Well, I don't think that, I don't think that it's necessary necessary to do it like one per day, but just like do them in, in like an order to, to balance all of the energies out within yourself, you know, like even if it's over like I weeks or months. Yeah. So, but have, have you worked yeah, with all of the planetary? What? Sorry. No, I haven't. Oh, I was just going to say I haven't done them like in order. I was going to say I've been pretty sporadic with it. It's kind of like, like, for example, Milky Oats I've been using a lot more because I was just traveling. And so that was part of why I chose it. Not even because it's, you know, Monday in the beginning of the week. Um, it'll kind of be like pretty random, I feel like. And it's usually like at the beginning of my cycle when I like think about what plant I want to use. And to be honest, it's been hard to stay totally consistent. Like, it's not that hard to take them every day, but to take them and then sit with it for a few minutes and just really be present every day um, mm -hmm. hasn't been, you know, as easy as I'd like it to be. But I would say the planets I've worked with the most are Venus and the moon. Um, uh -huh. Lots of like, Most feminine planets. Yeah, heart. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, like the heart, the womb, the nervous system. Um, I think the next plant I want to, or the next planet I want to dive into more would be Mars, which I guess, you know, is in line if I'm working with the moon right now. Yeah. Mars next, but. Yeah, and probably the most masculine but, planet, or the, that or the sun. Maybe some. Exactly, and that's be, what I'm thinking is like those maybe would be my next two go-tos because uh -huh. I'm you know I tend to fall very deep into the feminine <laughs> energy and and very flowy and which you know is part of what brought me to spagyric but it's like the whole surrender discipline balance like I'm very in mm -hmm. the feminine now and so I'm wanting to like call in some more you know fiery masculine energy in order to like discipline myself to 
you know, yeah, get with the plants and like keep it consistent, form some kind of rhythm with my harvesting and calcining and all of that. So for Mars, what planet uh, plants would you think coincide with Mars? Um, I know nettle is a Mars plant and what else? devil's club. Like I think of like anything that's like spiky or intense and like you could use as a potential war weapon. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's always so many layers to like what planet rules one plant. And there's also like, you know, different views. And a lot of what I learned is from Nicholas Culpepper. But mm-hmm. there's been a lot of times where I feel like a lot of plants have two different planets, planetary energies. Uh-huh. And one thing I just started doing recently was pulling tarot cards with plants. And that's been a whole game changer. Like, like if I feel blocked or the communication is not coming through, I'll pull some tarot cards and like have the plant talk to me through the tarot cards. Oh, that's cool. And, um, yeah, I did one with Kava recently, and it helped me realize that I think it's ruled by Saturn and Jupiter. And it was just this whole, like, <laughs> there's so many, yeah, it's like, oh, I thought I figured it out. Like, I, like, you know, figured out why it was a Saturn plant, and then I was like, oh, but yeah, it does have these little qualities, and, like, there's so much to look into, because it can go by the, you know, the doctrine of signatures, what you see on the plant, how it feels and tastes. But I guess ultimately it's, like, ultimately it's the main medicine that you feel, from it is what you'd want to work with so like for example mm-hmm. how most heals the nervous system the nervous system is a moon a moon thing so yeah so then i guess i imagine that if you harvested the plant on the planetary hour and the planetary day of jupiter it would be more jupiterian mm. than if you harvested it on the planetary hour and planetary planetary day of saturn for for kava for instance yes exactly and cool. so that's something is like, I do believe even when we're making regular tinctures and harvesting, like we're calling in that planet into that medicine. And so I might be taking a certain tincture made by someone and I'm like, Oh, like Milky Oats. I'm like, Oh, it kind of has Mars energy, but it's possible that they made it on a Tuesday. And I don't think I'm personally that sensitive, <laughs> like oh, yeah. but I do think that's part of it is like, that can be part of why it's confusing to figure out what you know planet rules what plant because there's so many variables when it comes to you know the energy that goes into growing a plant harvesting it besides you know what's in the soil and what's in yeah. the person's heart at the time when they're harvesting there's like so many planetary things happening you know yeah I mean, but it does make sense that like for sorry <laughs> for instance like nettles is mar is ruled by mars and maybe mars and scorpio because you know it it stings you <laughs> you know and then it's in scorpio because it's a it's loves the water has little hypodermic needles which is kind of like a little scorpion you know that that makes sense it has that that marsh martian energy um but then i guess you know depending like that's its base energy but then if you harvest it at different times um it could ha- you know swing a little bit more in other ways right and Nettles is a really good example because it's so Mars. Like, it's, like, the best. Like, roses are the best example of Venus and Mars. Yeah. Nettles is the best example of Mars. Mm. Well, yeah. Imagine. Or go ahead. 
I think there, Mars is a really easy one because like anything that's sharp and hot is very Martian. So like garlic is very Mars mm -hmm. and cayenne pepper mm -hmm. and ginger uh, <laughs> are also very Marsy. Yeah, that's true. I feel like it's like strong things. And that just made me think of the way like as Americans, we all love like really strong flavors like garlic, onion, like hot, spicy things. So it's funny to think like we're bringing in a lot of Mars energy in general. I feel like as, a, at least as Americans, like hmm. loving all the flavors. And I mean, I think most people <laughs> love having like a variety of flavors, but I, and you know, yeah, maybe just in general, people tend to like, you know, spicy food. It's not just America. So, and you know, the way our society works is pretty Martian, like very fiery and go, go, go. And also can be a little warlike at times. And not that I think that, you know, garlic bread is the reason that we have war or anything but i just need that little <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> we like what we like war and garlic bread all right <laughs> i feel so, like another part of that question Maybe yeah go ahead or no i don't i just was gonna ask and maybe think we maybe we are solid on maybe i did do a good job of answering that i thought maybe i got sidetracked <laughs> that's all right if you did i think i think you answered it yeah other than uh milk milky oats i was wondering what other spagyrics are some of the favorite the favorite ones that you've made Ooh. Hmm. well milky oats is partially because it's it's so high in minerals that it really does make a big difference when it's a spagyric Cause there's some plants, you know, that I'm like, oh, okay. Like I don't really feel much different, but milky oats is so high in minerals that, you know, that's one that I like to give to people who are questionable or who are questioning, um, the Jirix because it tastes so much better. It's like, in, even in the mouth, it like feels more full bodied. And then, yeah, the feeling of it is more wholesome. So my first thought was like, what other, you know, medicines are high in minerals and, I'm realizing I haven't actually made any spagyric. I haven't made like a nettle spagyric or um, we have a, we have a Hawaiian nettle here called mamaki. It's in the nettle family. Oh, cool. And is, it, is it stingy? It's not, no. And it's more of like a tree. Huh. It's so beautiful. But I haven't made, I have pinctured it, but I haven't made a spagyric of it yet. But I mean, my favorite plant is blue vervain and that's the first spagyric i ever made was blue vervain and so that's my go-to like i could tell the story if you want of my my first like after i made the blue vervain spagyric my like experience taking it and yeah yeah i'd love to hear it yay um so yeah since it was my first spagyric i you know, don't remember, like, now I take my spagyric much more seriously, and, like, my calcinations are, like, a a big ceremony where I'm, like, I burn copal, and I, I play, like, my water drum and sing songs and clear the space, <laughs> and usually, like, lay down some tobacco or use tape or some kind of grounding medicine, and so this one, I think, was just, like, I think it was, like, thrown in a fire, like, at a party, I want to say, it was, like, some kind of gathering, and I put my crucible in the fire, which now, you know, like, 
I might do as an experiment, but I really like to have like as minimal other, you know, minimal energy as possible as far as other people around. And so I just wanted to preface it with that because I didn't even, you know, I like did the calcination, but I didn't make it this whole like ceremonious thing. And it was still so potent. Um, I actually got a little bit intimidated by it. And it was, you know, that moment where I was like, oh, no, maybe I shouldn't have made it. Like, maybe I should have kept, you know, diving deeper into the theory and spent another year reading kind of thing. Because one of the ideas about satirics is that it it's so healing that it brings stuff up to the surface. Because, you know, in order for us to heal, we have to see it so that we can address it. And so that was one of the main reasons I was intimidated to ever start taking them. And I started taking the blue vein and was realizing that the relationship I was in wasn't serving either of us. And, you know, we had both kind of been in denial. And this was just like, you know, a time where I was away from it and I was like traveling and had a different perspective. And so I was like, I don't want to take blue vein anymore. Like that's too intense. I don't want to like consider breaking up with someone right now like so I actually like I stopped taking it because I felt like because you know Venus is relationship so it makes sense that it would bring that up for me mm-hmm. and so I stopped taking it and then something happened um that ultimately furthered that realization like affirmed that I should be separating or at least taking a lot of space from this person and my heart was hurting so much and I was just like looking at my blue veins for the year, and I was like, "What did you do? Like you did this?" I was like, "I was like, I should have waited until I got back to start taking it." Like I was so convinced, and I couldn't believe it. I was like looking at this little tincture bottle, and I mm-hmm. couldn't believe that it was like rocking my world. And I was laying. I was in Big Sur, California, like in the back of my friend's truck, and I was like just like crying, like feeling super heartbroken over something that happened, and and realizing, you know, that it might be best for me to move on and be single for a period of time and then I was like you know what I'm just gonna take the blue vervain like I was like it's I know that it means well so I'm just gonna take another dose and see what happens <laughs> and I took like and also you know blue vervain is nourishing and helps me calm down and it's good heart medicine just to like you know even if it was a regular tincture helps so with a, it, it helps with an overactive mind as well oh yeah true yeah, so it would help me stop <laughs> overthinking the situation that I couldn't necessarily address mm-hmm. you know, in California. And so I took a dropper full, and within, like, it was pretty immediate that I felt better. And I was like, that's weird. Like, I know I'm sensitive, but I was like, that's freaky that you can change me so much that I can just put you on my tongue. And I'm like, like it was like my heart just kind of, like, melted. Like, I felt like Aww. the tincture didn't even, like, get and get down my throat yet. And my heart was, like, melting <laughs> in a good way. And then I felt this, what I now see to be, like, some kind of spirit or energy, just, like, as if something was, like, a big spoon coming up from behind me and, like, spooning me. Just, like, the biggest hug from behind. And just, like holding me so tight even though there was like no pressure it was like fully energy but it was like this such such a powerful energy that was just like spooning and holding me as my heart was just like releasing and I just like cried these really beautiful like it was a different type of crying than I've ever felt and just like this beautiful potent release 
and I started like laughing and you know it felt like kind of crazy that this plant was like doing this to me and trying to like explain it to my friend Janelle and we're both just like laughing she's like taking some too and starts crying it was just so weird I'm like I know like these medicines are strong but like what like you know at this at that point I didn't have much experience with like spirits or other energies and so I was also kind of freaked out because we're like you know in the middle of like we're like on some random cliff like really far from you know any nearby town or phone service and I don't know it just felt like like, I knew it was safe but it was just such a strong energy that it was kind of freaky for me to feel that but I was so sure that it was Blue Vervain that it was the spirit of Blue Vervain just like actually like hugging me (laughs) like it's hugged my heart you know I felt it so many times but this was like a like behind my body like holding wow sleep like that it was so wild yeah Blue Vervain's like I got you baby I'll hold you that's so sweet (laughs) Wow, what a beautiful story. My favorite plant. Aw, thank you. Yeah, I well, don't share it very much because it's, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I've talked to you about this. Amber, on, on the butter bus, you had the sign that was like, no woo-woo, or it has like woo-woo yeah. and then the cross through it. Yeah, like a no smoking sign. Yeah, but with woo-woo, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, I need to hold back this blue rain story on the butter bus. <laughs> But I think we had talked about how, like, we're good with, like, the woo, but, like, woo-woo is just, like, those extra people that are not not necessarily grounded. And, you know, that's, yeah, it's funny. That's, like, part of where I'm afraid of falling into is just, like, floating up into the etheric world and, like, not touching down to earth and, you know, making it, like, a practical thing. And, yeah. you know, that's part of why I'm trying to work with the Mars medicine soon. Right, yeah. yeah it's a fine line. Between the woo and the woo woo, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back on my, I always say like I'm back on my woo shit, and then my friends are like, "You're you've never left, like you never left." Yeah, it's good to it's good to have a woo boo, like a friend that's a little bit more woo than you. That you can like call up when you're like, oh my God, Blue Vervain just hugged me from behind and I cried and I laughed. <laughs> oh, woo Oh my God, that's so perfect. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you are that woo-boo for someone and sometimes you need a woo-boo, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Woo-boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was that? I said sometimes the plants can be boo if you can't find a human. Exactly. Always, no matter how woo-woo you are, the plants got you. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So we are about uh, at the time for the hour for our podcast. And um, I guess we can start wrapping up. And I know that you have an herbal line an herbal business rippling medicinals and i would love for our listeners to hear about some of the work that you're doing um with your product line and how they can find you and maybe if they're on the big island if you're teaching any classes coming up or anything like that um yeah just a little bit more about you and where to find you and your business would be great if you want to tell us about that yeah, so my business name is Rippling Medicinals. The best place 
to find me is probably on Instagram. I'm still working on my website right now. After moving to Hawaii, I've shifted my product line quite a bit because I'm trying to keep it as local as possible, you know, while still having access to the medicines that I love and want and the medicines that the people around me love. But right now I mostly just have tinctures. I'm still building my solar dehydrator um, because nothing can dry out here. Like I tried hanging plants and it looks really cute, but it doesn't actually dry. So I actually haven't been able to make (laughs) blends. And as I explained, he was my first favorite, you know, medicine making. Right. Yeah. Forward to that. But for now, I just have, yeah, I still have plenty of tinctures that I am transitioning to making sedurics. And I I tend to only give tinctures out that aren't sedurics if people really need the medicine. But ideally, I'm making all of my tinctures into sedurics. So that's been really exciting and a long, very long process, but very worth it. And yeah, right now, I'm just start, I just started a community garden with my friends. And I'm trying to figure out what I can grow here. And I feel like a humble newborn baby bird because I'm, like, learning gardening <laughs> all over. <laughs> like half the things. I have all these seeds, but I can't actually figure out, you know, what's happy to grow here and what's not. Or I guess I am currently figuring it out. Yeah. But um, I'm a little distracted in a good way by trying to figure out or trying to meet all the plants around me, like all the Hawaiian plants and currently searching for someone to be my mentor in that way. And I've been reading a lot of books, but I'm just looking for like a super rootsy, like Hawaiian auntie that can teach me, teach me the spirit. Cause that's, yeah, a big part of Hawaiian culture is the spirit. And that's another part of why I think I was so drawn here. It's just, there's so many opportunities to pray and, I want to be here to witness that and be praying with the plants and ideally not growing, you know, so much of things that don't already exist here and just trying to tap into what is already available. Mm -hmm. So ultimately I'm in a bit of a transition phase, but I still have lots of, um, right now I have lots of milky oak available and I'm working on a little permaculture project where my friends and I are kind of like, hopping around the island and trying to set up gardens for people and just putting it out there that we could always use some help. (laughs) We could use some more hands and we're getting funded by a nonprofit. So we'll be able to actually pay ourselves at some point. And the goal is to go, you know, to people who are looking to start a garden. And we have someone on our team that um, is a permaculture design course expert. And, you know, we're just like, based on their property, going to lay it out for them. And then ideally also actually tap in with the families and see what medicines they could use and then help them, you know, besides food, also grow those medicines and teach them how to extract and use them. That sounds super rad. Accessibility. So anyone out there feels called to come to Big Island and help with that. (laughs) Sweet. Definitely. The demand is high. Like a lot of, yeah, a lot of people here want gardens and, don't know where to begin and so we started a little team and yeah could always use more hands we don't need experience just willing to dig and plant <laughs> very cool yeah and so i just have I'm also, can i 
Yeah, go ahead. I was going to well, say, I also um, am on Facebook, but um, generally it's easiest to contact me through Instagram. And I am teaching a few classes here in Hawaii over the next few months. Uh, next month I'm teaching my Sidiric Alchemy and Medicinal Mushrooms course at Hawaiian Sanctuary, and that'll be free for the public. And we haven't set a date yet, but I'll keep keep the information out and keep everyone up to date once I get more info. So that's uh, Rippling Medicinals on Instagram again, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Correct. And on Facebook, uh, it would be under your name, Shannon Garrity? No, it's also Rippling Medicinals on there. Okay, sweet. Um, I'll put it in I'll the show notes. If people want to follow me, <laughs> my name Sweet. is Sweet. <laughs> awesome. Um, and I guess that pretty much wraps up the show. Any other final thoughts from you, Isaac? Or oh, it was just uh, it was great to have you on, Shannon. Good to talk about spagyrics and had a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like this is exciting because it makes me realize I could talk. At least the three of us seems like we could talk for hours. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Shannon. And um, I guess we'll we'll talk to you soon. Oh, thank you so much. I love y'all. Love you. Well, thanks, thanks. for this incredible podcast and like, you know, being like a platform for all these incredible healers and medicine peeps to get their voices heard. It's so powerful. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's our highlight of the week and it's a pleasure. So yeah, thank you. Aww. Great, ciao. Bye. Yay, ciao, ciao. <laughs> ciao. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>